You are listening to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. Welcome back, Tomies, to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. I am DM Dave, and to the left we have... Henley. Boudreaux. Lila Grotha. Roscoe. And Fenrir. Last time, it was party time, but the party was spoiled by Arthanel, or should I say, Colbath. Yes, the leader of the Trigroven was, at, was a party crasher. But he brought a message of peace and a warning that the dissenters of the Trigroven were, were about to strike again. He offered up one of the leaders of the dissenters, who was also involved with the destruction of the Fort Ventral, the fort that Colbath now has rebuilt and gifted back to the rangers. As Colbath was leaving, he told the Duke that he should meet with Roscoe and his group about their plight. Well, that didn't go very well, and they were kicked out. Now we find them the next morning eating breakfast at the choirs of Antramentum. The pencil shop. The pencil shop. (laughs) The pencil place. Okay, so you guys are eating at choirs of Antramentum, kind of discussing what's going on, what your plans are. Does so, uh, Boudreaux have to eat with his hands or his big silver spoon that he stole? What are you eating with, Boudreaux? Well, do I have silver? You wooden? have your big spoon you just stole from <laughs> the chef. She didn't give me wooden ones this time? Like she didn't time? give you any silverware. She's scared you're going to steal oh, it. I think I just use my hands. I just Most grab a time, flapjack, yeah. just like... <laughs> <laughs> Which grosses her out, up, but... It, pour the syrup in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> little syrup bowl. Ah. That kind of grosses In fact, Lila in the morning, I, uh, right. I use it to swish. <laughs> use it as mouthwash. <laughs> Maple mouthwash. Mm. Morning breath. <laughs> Get yours at Maeve and Rick's. Okay, <laughs> so, so what are going to try and you... catch his date with? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, sweet it's a lips. Thing. <laughs> <It's> sweet lips. <laughs> okay, what are you guys doing? Um, I probably would have gotten up a little earlier. Okay, because I want to play with those the bracers. Perfect. So, gotten up, cleaned them up, you know, polished them a little bit, and effectively done my attunement to them. Correct. And I don't know if we explained, we explained a little bit. Explained a little bit, yeah. It's got the... the most, a lot of uh, magic items, uh, listeners, they require an attunement, which means pretty much studying them, holding them. So Building it, a bond with making them. Correct. Friends. Correct. Making friends with Got an him. item. Got him. Correct. And You've some got to mag- tune to the ring, not <laughs> <laughs> Some magic items require them, some of them don't. But it's always nice to let me know that they took time to attune with them. So, yeah, Roscoe, you are now attuned to the dagger bracers. Um, is Rowan there? R- Rowan is there, yes. Rowan, did you get the job? You see him kind of nodding off. And then, oh, uh, 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 yes, I... I actually got to get going here soon. You're not leaving without your breakfast. As Lizbeth. Lizbeth, thank you. I'm with Lizbeth. At least take it on the go. Wrap all your stuff in a pancake and take it with you. Oh, okay. Um, Why yes, are but, you so tired? Well, I just... He ran me through the ringer. He had me doing all kinds of stuff. Even things that I remember seeing Dad doing but I never done. And so he even had me try out some, some simple metalwork too. And I mean, obviously I didn't do very good at that. I mean, yeah, Hector taught me a few little metal things, but it was mostly woodwork that I did for him since he wasn't super good at it. But um, I, I really got to get going. And he starts wrapping his stuff in a cloth that, Lizbeth gave him. Mm-hmm. Think, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. Yes, we'll make sure um, I say goodbye before we leave. Uh, okay, okay, and he heads out. So, what are we gonna do? <laughs> we all look at Roscoe. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we've been invited up to to Mapleshire to help him 
move some product down to the hollow. We could go that route and kind of on our way back. I don't know. I haven't got that far yet. We have to make our way back to the hollow, don't we, just to check in with everyone and... Yeah, and it would be nice to spend some more time with Portia. Yeah, so could be fun to go up that way and swing back down. And and we could say hi to your family. Yeah, that could be fun, if they like me. We'll see. What do you guys what? think the Duke's going to do? No, I don't know. And the Tri-Groven, you think they're going to, like, become a team? Doubtful. Considering the Duke's... Actions. What about like retaking the fort? Uh, well, I mean, if it's refortified, I hope we can retake the fort. But as it was said, there aren't enough rangers to run it. Mm. I only know of, let's see, four survivors, not including me. And there were over a hundred there. Elizabeth, I think we're at a maple syrup now. Uh, yeah. And she, like, grabs this syrup <laughs> jar thing away from you. I'll take it from her, and I'll just go back to go wash it. Okay. Because I can see how grossed out she is by it. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of Boudreaux, for sure. <laughs> we do need to wake our, make our way back to Hayden's Hollow. It just is, what route do we take? Do we go back the same way, or we go trailblazing, which will take twice as long, because we'll be trying to find a new path? I mean, I don't know necessarily that I want to go back the same way, because we went almost, like, what, a week out of our way anyways? And there are giant bugs that way. Yeah, giant bugs. <laughs> Maybe still, <laughs> you know. But... We also know the way back, so we can avoid certain things, like big giant holes in the ground. (laughs) And maybe we could run into those bounty hunters. Possible. Around that time, you hear the front door open, because the front door has a little bell. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, I thought it was a squeaky door. (laughs) Lizbeth heads out front, and you hear a small conversation. And Gratha, you recognize one of the voices as your father. Okay. Do I hear it because I'm back washing the dish or am I too far away? He's being, he's being loud enough. It's, the place isn't Typical big. He, he talks like a projection dwarf. He does. He's mm-hmm. bit, that's the politician part of him. Mm-hmm. He speaks loud, speaks clear. Does he carry a big stick too? Most of the time he does. <laughs> Most of the time he does. Princess Buttercup has to pee. Clunk, clunk. <laughs> Excuse me, is uh, Garatha here and her party? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're in the back. Lizbeth comes in. Um, there's a dwarf man out there with you or looking for you, guys. <laughs> That's for me. I'll go up front with her. Yeah, I like have like the dish towel still in my hand because I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Lila really likes him. <laughs> Henley is like trying to like scoop food into her mouth really fast because she do- doesn't know if like he's gonna go take us on a job or, and she's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Boudreaux has come to the door with a a jar of um, blackberry jam and a pancake that he's shoving into it. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't this scoop very well? <laughs> okay. Does he have blackberry jam slightly smushed around his face too? Like and in kid? his beard. I'm sure he has maple syrup in his beard too. Yeah, he's got maple, <laughs> he's, he's got like some in his beard. He's apron. trying to get his new grime coat up yeah. to par. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, first you start go. with food, then you end with it. <laughs> <laughs> we did mud up last time, so that's right. Okay, so when you guys exit. You do see Hanar, but you also see the Wood Elf count, counselor, Lilana Evergrove, with him as well. You guys recognize her as one of the Dukes. What would be her title? People. Like what we would call her? You know, we have the Duke. Would she council counselor? Mm-hmm. Probably council member would be a good title to call her. Or she speaks up and she's like, 
Oh, good. I was glad to be able to catch you. Hanar mentioned to me that we'd be able to possibly find you here, or at least leave a note here. Um, forgive our frankness, but Counselor Evergrove, what do you want? Well, with you being a survivor of Fort Ventral, I wanted to speak with you a little bit and also apologize for the Duke's antics that he he did. He's got a lot of pressure on him and you kind of we need all the allies that we can get and there's no reason to push away anybody that may be able to help us in this situation. When she mentions she wants to talk about Fort Ventral, Henley like starts playing with her hands and tugging on her braid like nervously. Okay. The first thing I wanted to to inform you of is we talked a little bit more with the Tabaxi Yolinks. The who? The Tabaxi Yolinks. We were able to get a little more information about him and that he, I guess one of his main purposes with the Trigroven is he was in charge of finding these dissenters that they were talking about. I can confirm that. I know Yolinks. You what? I know your links. Uh, Sugar, we're going to have a conversation later. That doesn't sound very pleasing. You know your links. Yeah. How do you know him? From Fort Ventral. Yes, we definitely will have a conversation. Henley gets a little more nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but we will talk in private. And with the proposal of, I do believe that Yolinx is one of two things. He's either believes that what Kobath has said is true and that there is a faction of Trigroven that are destroying things and that Kobath is trying to unite and rise everybody together and form unity or that Yolinx is a liar. And is part of some kind of secret plan to overthrow things. But can you use like one of the wizard dingies? And that is part of the reason why I do believe him. I do believe the show links. Because the way that he reacted when he saw Colbath also leads me to believe that he wasn't part of that plan. Which could mean both things, but I... I do not think Yolinks is a threat. He didn't know Colbath that Arthanel was Colbath. I spoke with him before the party. And that is what Roscoe mentioned as well when we met with them. That I didn't know who he was either, so... And I believe you. I know there's many of the council members that would like to follow Colbath's plans. I am against it as well as the gnome leader, Poppin Woodsage. And the Metal Reeds are kind of on my side of not sending these refugees down to below Crystal Lake. I know that it's open land and possibly very fertile, but these people have been through enough. So what would you do? I would try and keep them here. So I know part of every the Duke's, Worry and also Nurgle, the dwarven leader here, the council member here. We don't have the reinforcements to do it. They live outside the city. We don't have room for them to bring them in. We don't have the army to help protect them out there. And we don't have the resources either. Because to send these refugees out with nothing to go rebuild the town... I mean, there's so many issues with that. It takes years to establish a farm. It takes years to build a town, to establish a blacksmith and get ore transferred there so they can build materials and farm equipment. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we were desperate to keep Hayden's Hollow safe because they are establishing things 
and they have a blacksmith, and it's a very protected area. And that's another idea that I had, is that possibly if you guys have room and stuff, maybe you could take some of these people with you. I know it's... The planes are too dangerous. I completely agree. It's just, we need to find homes for these places, or at least find some way to increase food and stuff. I know the meadow reeds are trying their best, but crops only grow so much. And where this is just a fast event, they're planting more fields, but they got to create more fields too. And that takes time. It takes time to clear fields. So what, we're what about sending them. them to Fort Ventral? That is a possibility as well. But we still need to investigate Fort Ventral and make sure everything's clear. Make sure that the goblins are really going to give it back to us. Colbath said he would, and he's invited us there, but I don't know. I don't trust him. Did you get anything from the hogtide hobgoblin? Yes, we found out that his name is Lordak. Henley goes white and, like, backs up a little. Do you run into Boudreaux? Probably. Stumbles a little bit. Got a little jam on your back now. Liliana (laughs) looks at you and is like, do you know him too? He attacked Fort Ventral. She's, like, trying not to panic a little. (laughs) And that is the information that we received from Yolinks as well. But Yolinks didn't mention that he was there. Was Yolinks there? Yes. You can see her kind of straighten up little. Lordak and Yolinks do not like each other. I got the feeling of that. I'm just concerned why he would lie of not being there. But yes, this Lordak was one that raided Fort Ventral. And when we talked to Lordak, he did mention that the door was open, that they didn't have to break it down any doors. Who let them in is still a mystery. Who, who, who? Who let the dogs out? And maybe it was one that had perished in the in the tragedy. And he we are trying to divulge any information about these future attacks that Kobath has mentioned. But he is proving quite difficult. Um, may I be excused for a minute? I need to and Henley just kinda goes back to the back bedroom. <laughs> You know that Liliana wasn't necessarily like that idea. Henley probably doesn't even notice. She just like knows she needs to go center herself. Right. Liliana just like watches you just a little bit, watches you leave, and then kind of like shakes her head a little bit and then looks at the rest of the group. One thing that I do, I would like to ask you, because I know that you guys are kind of an adventuring group, traveling, can you possibly keep just an ear out of any information about the Trigroven that you see? If you run into any scouting parties or if you, throughout your travels, hear any more ratings that go on, that you would send a message and let me know. Yeah, we can do that. And you can send a message with this. And she pulls out this arrow and it's kind of a transparent, transparent glass tube-looking arrow, very round, probably the size of a pea tube. If you open the end here, and she takes off the tip, and you write a message, and you stuff it in this tube, and put the tip back on, and if you shoot it into the air, this message will find me, and then I may return it in the same way. Like when you go to a bank... And you get those air suction things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except magical. <laughs> I mean, I thought they were magic for the most. <laughs> they are connected to me, and the message will only come to me. 
What kind of magic is that? Fenrir, you would be kind of familiar with this. Wood elves have this kind of magic item. It's pretty much a message arrow, and it's very commonly used amongst leaders of the wood elf societies. So you coming from Greenleaf, the leaders had used these. You've heard of them. You may never have seen one before, but you knew that they were around. And they that's how the wood elves are able to talk to each other and ask for aid from different clans if need be or, you know, kind of check on different things. After hearing that, Fender's like, whoa! And he kind of grabs it. He okay. starts to... Fiddle. Fiddle with it. It is not used for battle. It will not work because it would act as this, as if sending me a message and it will just disappear. So make sure you use it wisely. How many can it send? It can send as many as needs be. But of course, sending me a blank arrow with no message, kind of a waste. For when a message does need to be passed on. Right. So tread we'll use it intelligently. Only send it if we hear things about the Tregroven. And have you talked to Kendall at all? I'm not familiar on who he is. He's a wizard that him and I are in in a league together and we're trying to find out more about I guess there's this Hagraven company that may be out um, doing some like dark magic with different scarecrows. And so I was wondering if you had talked to him or if that might be something you want to bring up to the head wizard guy. Yeah, I have not heard anything about this. But if you think it is a threat of any kind, I could possibly look into it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine them just doing it on their own. It would make more sense that they were, you know, working with someone like the Trigroven. I mean, that's just substantial. That's just, I'm just assuming that, but it, it would make a lot of sense that they would be working for someone with somebody, or maybe they're just working alone. I don't, I, I can't say. You're saying that they that these there's something to do with hags, you were saying? Yeah, I believe so. They they imbue magic into different items. The items that we had were a scarecrow and a wreath. Hmm. And I've talked to Kendall about it. He he's he's trying to do his due diligence and look into it more. I mean they, they might they might be working alone. They might be working to try growing it. It might be something to look into. It might be a way that they're trying to destroy the towns from within. From my understanding of hags, they generally don't like each other. And there hasn't been a hag coven for a very long time. And for them to be associated with another group or something is from my knowledge, never happened. Mm. That doesn't mean times have changed, but I will talk to Kendall. I will reach out to him because that does sound serious. If there is a, another hag coven, that could be very dangerous because yeah. they, they could go unnoticed with all this chaos that's going on. Right. It's, it's Kendall Warnick is his name. Okay, I will look into that. Thank you. And possibly one more favor. And this is, if it's in your travels or anything, I am from this elven settlement called Dormista. And it's, a, it's the wooden area near Glendale. And I have not heard from my kin for a very long time. And it may have me a little concerned, now that you speak of it, that if there is possibly a hag coven, 
that normally their first ones were the wood elves, because that's where hags like to hide, is either in cave mountains or deep in the woods. Or the swamp. And they've been known to do in the swamp, too. Question for the DM. Yes. Relation everywhere to everything. We're in Avalon. Correct. Glendale is a few days away. Mm-hmm. To the east. In the path going from, I mean, how far out of the way or not out of the way would that be if we were to go, say, from Avalon to the Forest of Glendale up to Mapleshire back to the hall? Is that like, well, no, I'm just like, like, right, right, right. right I'm just like, like, you Ma- know, Mapleshire is north of Avalon, so it's on opposite. Glendale's on mm-hmm. the east. And Glendale's kind of southeast, more east than south. And Glendale and Mapleshire is almost directly north of. So it would be like a middle triangle sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. I've been trying to reach out to them. I haven't heard anything. And I have sent a men- message to Veronica down there as well, but I haven't heard anything back from her yet. You might not for a minute. She's having some rough time out there. What has happened? Her um, her spouse died. Oh. They were being attacked by a owlbear. An owlbear? Yes. And you can kind of see concern grow and onto we, her face. We actually managed to take care of the owlbear, but in the process of doing that, her husband died. So they're still trying to recover from that and figure out with that, plus, you know, the tray groving and everything else going on. Okay. Well, that is very concerning that an owlbear would be that far to Glendale. Normally they stay deeper into the woods and the wood elves normally keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of their deal that they've had with the the Glendale folks down there. I will look into it, and maybe there's something going on, as you mentioned, Fenrir. This is very concerning. But if it's in if it's in your travels, please let me know. Um, other than that, is there anything I can do for you? We could use some money. <laughs> that I'm. Sad to say I cannot provide. I figured I'd try. We spent most everything we had trying to get into the tournament just to speak to the Duke. And having lost that, we didn't get any of it back. So Guilt trip. <laughs> well, I am, I am sorry for that, and I'm sorry that things didn't work out the way that you wanted, but know that you have a, f- a friend in me. If I was trying to think of. <laughs> I was trying to think of another phrase, but I'm like, nope, you I can't think of another one. You have an ally in Avalon. You have an ally, an in, ally Avalon. in Avalon. <laughs> you got an ally in Avalon. If we do make our way back here, are we going to be welcomed? Like, or are we going to be on do not enter lists? I do not. Th- think you'll be on do not enter lists but just keep a head down but if you are in avalon send me a message and i'll make sure that you are taken care of well if that is it we will be in in contact i will look into the hags see what's going on there and hopefully we can figure out what to do with these refugees in your travels if there is possible places that we can help send these people or if there's a place that has abundant um, supplies that we could probably purchase from them keep an ear open I want to help these people the best that we can because if there's Trigroven issues coming those people are wide in the open well if there's anything else I will go, um, can, I'm not sure where Henley went. I would like to speak with her. Let me go see if I can 
round her up real quick. Okay. She usually just needs a minute or two. She should She should be back. Okay. I do hope that she did not run away because that would cause a little more suspicion than I already have. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go get more jam. <laughs> okay, so you're off to find Henley. We'll jump to Gratha and Hanar. Okay. I'm, I'm glad to see that you are here. I have a gift for you. A gift? Yeah, and he reaches into the satchel next to him and he pulls out this little circlet. And it kind of, it's, it's uh, silver looking, very <laughs> woven, almost like vines mm-hmm. that are intertwined with each other. Very tight. There's a few gaps in there. So if you held it up to a light, you could see light shining through. But it's very ornate and very pretty. And he, he hands it to you. Do I recognize it? So something that I've seen before or probably wouldn't have? New body, what this? <laughs> right. Oh. It's kind of surprising to you because your dad, I would imagine he's not a much of a gift giver. No. He's more of a time person mm-hmm. instead of a gift giver. So it kind of seems like a little awkward handing right. it to you, but you would not recognize this, no. What is this? Who died? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yes, I, I better explain. Um, <laughs> this has been in the family for a long time. It is a magical item that my great-grandmother had. She was a warrior herself, but she was also a diplomat. And she would wear this, but whenever there was any kind of conflict or something, it can change into a whip as well. What? Okay, that's not how she react. Um... (laughs) By you connecting with the item, you may be able to establish a word or an action that would turn this weapon, this circlet, into a whip. (laughs) And I figured that it would be, I know you're not into much of the pretty things, but it may help you out in a pinch if you get captured or if you're... Weapons are taken away that you will always have something. I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, and to be fair, the pretty things are growing on me thanks to Lila. But <laughs> <laughs> He chuckles. Well, yes, um, I, I know that you're going to be leaving here soon. And so I wanted to make my way down here before I head out myself. And I just wanted to wish you luck. And if there's anything that you need, you know how to get a hold of me. Are you going home? I am going back to Hill Tudor, yes. Okay. Well, wherever we land next, I will try to remember to keep in contact. I I would very much appreciate it. And if you're in town, so say, if you're near Hill Tudor, I... You, 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 and your and your group. You need like looks at your group of obviously not talking to them, mm-hmm. but does a hand gesture towards them. You're always welcome to stay with me. Garasa's really touched because she's just kind of taken. Uh, he is a time person, but he's never done anything like this towards right. her before, and she thought it was something that she did wrong. Mm. So she's really at a loss for words and doesn't know what to say. She's, you can tell he's very, very awkward too, because this is—he's not a feely person, mm-hmm. right? He's like, "This is fact. This is what goes on." Mm-hmm. So the, <laughs> I can imagine people looking over at you too. We're just like two like, very awkward uh, people, <laughs> switching feet, you know, back and forth, yeah. moving awkward body language. Yeah, and but, she just says, "She's thank you," and then she wants to give him a hug, but puts out a hand because <laughs> neither one of us are very touchy feely people. Over and jumps on him. <laughs> I love you, Papa. <laughs> Can you be my daddy? <laughs> so, this is how I kind of imagine. Like you reach out your hand, and Hanar reaches out his hand, and then it does like his other arm reaches up like slowly, awkwardly, and then you kind of slowly yeah, embrace really? and like t- 
tap and then, tap each other's yeah, back and a little bit. And at that point, I was like, oh, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it actually gets to a, a very firm, strong embrace mm-hmm. eventually after the awkwardness. A little bit right. of tears yeah. from dad. It's a bro hug. No, she, <laughs> Garatha would cry. Her dad's never done anything like this before. And she just mm-hmm. thought she was always kind of, she knew that he loved her, but always felt like she was just slightly a disappointment because of what she was. Mm. And how people took her. So yeah, this is a new side of your dad. Completely different. Yeah. Especially after your long conversation that you had with him. Yeah. He, you can tell that his mind has changed a little bit about you. Well, um, <clears throat> I I must be going. It looks like the conversation. Wait, where did Liliana is now gone at this point, And he notices that. Roscoe and Boudreaux are now gone. They kind of turn and be like, wait, where is everybody? <laughs> Going to Roscoe, you're looking for Henley. Boudreaux, you just went back to breakfast. Uh, I went to go get some more jam out of the cupboard. And did you come back out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> After I, some crashing happens. <laughs> I find this very humorous. Like, Garatha and... <laughs> If you allow it, this is kind of how I have Oh, yeah. It oh, yeah. Head. You tell me. So Garatha and Hanar are sitting there talking back and forth, having a moment. And then they, like, look over and there's Boudreaux with his pancake in a jar. <laughs> just <laughs> yes. watching. Be like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> just hug. Once they're done black- hugging, he just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, he, wipes, like- he, like, pats his eye with a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. What kind of jam do you have now? Though? I never knew my father. <laughs> <laughs> I was my papa was good like that. <laughs> no, no, he does not say that. But um, he's just like, oh, that's so cute. And then he takes a bite and then like shoves it into the new jar of raspberry jam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll jump over to. Roscoe and Henley. Henley, where did you go? I went into the bedroom, like just where we'd been sleeping. Okay. And she has wrapped herself in her cloak and is sort of like rocking back and forth on her heels, Mm -hmm. sort of um, saying a mantra, just like breathe in, breathe out, and just trying to calm down. But her um, the breath comes out ragged, and just she's trying to prevent an all-out panic attack. Okay. Roscoe, where yeah. would you start looking? I mean, I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, but if she walked back that direction, it would be fairly reasonable to know she headed in that general direction, right? Yeah. So I'll probably pass through the kitchen, look mm-hmm. around the kitchen, and just move back you know, through the, the living quarters of the house okay. to you know, check and see Okay, you're even able to find her, and you see her kind of curled up. So I will knock on like the door frame. Okay, like Henley. She reaches for her little dagger on her belt and just, oh, and just, I need another minute, and puts the dagger back. Okay, um, is that Liliana? Correct. Would like to speak with you before she leaves. I. I, and if you'd like, I can be there with you just for some support. But she wants to hear, I think, what happened from your your perspective and try and get a better read on your links and the I, whole situation. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can. It's, it's hard. It's hard, 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 hard. And she just goes, breathe in. Breathe out. <laughs> uh, I'll probably walk up and reach as high up as I can, like to pat her on the back. <laughs> you probably can reach. She's on her heels, like oh, okay. crouched down. Crouched down. Oh, okay. So I'll come up and kind of just, you know, awkwardly, but you know, <laughs> pat your back and be like, you know, you're you're not alone anymore. And I know this was rough for you, but. We're going to see a lot more to come, I think. She probably flinches at your touch, but then slowly relaxes a bit. And then, okay. 
Okay, I'll try. Then I guess at that point, if she's ready, I'll lead her back out to... She follows you out, but she's, like, constantly playing with her fingers, like, all nervously, and then occasionally grabbing and tugging at her braid. So when we get back out there, Liliana's still out there, I'm assuming? Yeah. And then, uh... So this is kind of overlapping with Garothasing, because by the time Garothasing ends, Liliana's gone. Okay. And so she would want to go to a more private quarter to talk about it. Especially After with you bring Boudreaux her out. watching us over there. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. she, she gets a sense that some of this is sensitive information. So she does say, is there somewhere private that we can talk? Henley's just tugging at her fingers. She just she can't really think right now. Uh, is Lisbeth anywhere? She's probably awkwardly behind the counter. <laughs> oh, and like of, watching? watching uh, yeah. <laughs> trying, you know, organizing pencils and like... Trying to look busy. Trying to look busy, but eavesdropping. How does she react to Henley? Concerned. We were good friends, yeah. Concerned. Very much so. Because she's never seen you like this. No. She knew you before mm-hmm. things happened. So I'll turn to Lisbeth and be like, do you have like a, a an office or somewhere a little more private that we can step into? Um, Sure. I guess you guys could go use the room you were sleeping in. I, I think that would be okay. Okay. Unless you're looking for something more private, uh, council member. No, that will be fine. So I'll lead them back to the... You'll follow me. Okay. Uh, Fenrir, <laughs> what, what are you doing during this? Fenrir is trying to pay attention to both conversations and trying to get, because he wants to know what happened. He has both two notebooks with <laughs> Ace <laughs> writing with both, <laughs> both hands, he's trying to. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of, he's, he's put himself in this position where he can kind of overhear both types of conversations. Okay. And then when Liliana and Henley go try to go separate, he's going to try to go that way because he wants to hear this, the story about what happened. Okay. So I imagine that Roscoe opens the door to that sleeping area. Correct. Let's both in there. You do see Fenrir in the distance coming towards you. Sneakily, I would imagine, right? Yeah. No, yeah. He is marching with ambition. He's like, I need to be in here. <laughs> Pen in hand, maybe like getting it wet. <laughs> Flipping through his notes. Uh, Roscoe, what do you do with that information? Um, well, first I'll probably, I'll you know look at mm-hmm. Liliana and be like, are you okay if I remain in the room with her so we can kind of familiar face and help keep her a little calm for you and she's like this conversation isn't going to be easy for her and she looks at at henley kind of for confirmation that that's okay i want roscoe here and she nods okay and then i will close the door but i'm going to try and leave it cracked just like just not because <laughs> i know fenny's right, going to be right outside okay what a pal okay <laughs> <laughs> so Liliana extends a hand towards the bed. Henley sits on the bed. Okay, and she comes and sits next to you. And she just... Henley scoots a little bit away. Because, yeah, the touching thing. She's not going to touch you. But she's just going to fix her dress and like fold her hands into her lap. And he's like, okay. So you've told me so far that... You were one of the survivors, and that you knew your links. Now, I do have my suspicions on certain things, but I want to hear your story before I make any judgments. What do you want to know? I want to know how you know your links, and I would like to hear your version of what happened at Fort Ventral. Henley gets really nervous again, but then <sighs> takes a deep breath, and then I 
had a friend in the fort named Drake. He survived too. And um, he invited a terrible man into the fort to sell something to him. And and she, she starts getting all nervous again, but then um, I found out and um, my ranger masters wouldn't listen and I had done some scouting and had met Yolix. At the time, I did not know that he was with the Trigrovin. But I, he had been teaching me some magic. And I needed help to confront the bad guy that they let into the fort and I don't know how the goblins got in but I did let Yolinx in and a few of his comrades and and then Henley just bursts into tears and just <laughs> not uncontrollable sobs but she just can't talk because we're like trying to hold it back mm-hmm. but she kind of quietly says but I shut the gate I shut the gate I shut the gate you know and like right. so uh, Lilana is going to cast a spell mm. calm emotions Okay. <laughs> oh, spell time. <laughs> All creatures within 20 feet from the point of that she designates will make a charisma saving throw and they can and it helps suppress any kind of strong emotions. Does you have to be able to see them? Um cuz would Fenny be within that 20 foot range? It doesn't say that it has to be seen. But this is a spell that you can either, you can just accept or you roll for it. So it just helps suppress any kind of fear. I think it would be just effects. accepted. Okay. Um, but Henley says, but Yolinx was with me the whole time. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. But And then um, still upset, obviously, okay. um, but obviously a little bit calmer. I killed everyone. I killed everybody. You know, just assuming that, you know, it was her fault. It was all my fault. It was all my fault. And she just rocks. She does sit there for a minute. Roscoe, you kind of looking at Liliana, Mm -hmm. I would imagine. Yep. You can see gears moving in her head, right? You can... Get us, roll me an uh, insight check, actually. Mm. Yay, dice time! <laughs> see how much you see her, out of her body language. I got an 11. Okay. You're able to see that she's pondering, she's thinking. You can tell that there's an expression of concern, but sympathy. Other than that, you're not quite sure which way she's leaning on uh, on that. Knowing that and watching her, I'm going to be like, have you talked to any of the other survivors? I have heard of this Drake. His father is a very, very strong and high in the paladin for the Doldurn god. Xanthos is his name. I know that... I have heard that he was at the fort. I didn't realize that he was one of the survivors. So there will be a message delivered to 
Xanthos to see if he knows any more of the story. But I had heard that there was survivors, but that information has been kind of within the Ranger Corps itself. You have another one inside the city. And who would that be? His name is Winston. Winston. He's I Churchill. <laughs> He's part of the city guard now. He used to be a ranger. He and I go back. I met him here when I first passed through the city. Um, And he didn't tell me that he was... I didn't find out that he was a survivor until... I We came back just recently and Henley ran into him and realized that he was a survivor as well. So you might... And that to your list of people to talk to, to corroborate stuff. But, I mean, as far as Henley goes, I mean, you can see that she wasn't involved in this. I mean, if if you think that this is an act and she's just putting this on, she's, any time that fort's brought up, she shuts down. You know, it's it's probably one of the worst things that she's dealt with. And not that it means anything, but, I mean, she has my full support. Yes, I do agree that it wasn't for ill intent. I do, looking at Henley, of course, you're probably... Henley's not looking (laughs) at anybody. She's just rocking back and forth nervously. Less quick movements Mm -hmm. because of the calm motions, but it's not enough to counteract all of the feelings she's feeling. But her breathing isn't ragged. Okay. I am curious on this bad man that Drake was trying to sell the item, and I would like to know as well what this item entailed that it would bring such a bad man there. It was a dagger. An heirloom of Danthos. But that's all I know. It was really bad. There was actually um, a war fought over it in Hayden's Hollow. That's the, looking at Roscoe, that's the place you came from. Correct. And she looks back at Henley. And who was this man? Henley's like, you can obviously see gears turning. I can't tell you that. And you can tell that she she does not like that answer. (laughs) In order to help you, I need to know. Otherwise, I I have to send out a warrant for your arrest, for your involvement. But you already know she's not involved. It's obvious she's not involved. But there's more to the story that is being hidden, and that could be involved with what's going on. I'm just trying to cover my bases. I'm trying to protect everyone. And the loss of the Fort Ventral was a huge hit to the security of the North and very little information about why it happened and how it happened is still a mystery, even to the Rangers. So any information that I can get on why that happened is beneficial and I could help protect you as well. I do not believe you meant any ill intent. I can see by your countenance It's not what it was supposed to happen, but I need to know this information in order to help you. Henley gets nervous again. (laughs) All I... Would... Henley, would it help if I stepped out? No. I know this is hard. Please, for the sake of saving more lives, I need to know. That hits a chord with Henley. 
The man's name is Valum, but he is dead. There's a little bit of bitterness when she says dead. Okay. But that's all she says. Do you know why he wanted the item? No. And she kind of shakes her, like, nods her head. And she... All I know is the dagger is powerful. Okay. Are you leaving the city soon? I Yes. Probably within the next day. You can see her thinking. She's just got spilled a bunch of information. She takes a deep breath and she goes, I do believe, Henley, that you meant no ill will. I still have concerns about what happened at Fort Ventral, but I do believe you didn't mean anything. Henley's face kind of darkens a little bit, just like sort of unbelieving because she knows she didn't mean it, but that didn't... She still, all of those lives she feels are on her. It was her fault. The catalyst, I guess. And so I will... Look into if you have any information about this Valum. The more I have, the more I can figure out more about him. Henley just shakes her head. Like, it could be assumed she either knows something more Mm -hmm. or she is just doesn't know anything more. The more information I have, the more we can get to the bottom of how everything came apart. I'm going to let you go because I feel like you don't have any reason to stay here. You, You do have other things to take care of. But I do want you, if you remember anything, please let me know. I am trying to help. I don't want to remember that day. I'm... If you remember anything, we can... I... I do have my connections and we can find out why and how this all happened and who this Valum is and who possibly he was working for and get down to the bottom of this. When you say who he was working for, Henley's face darkens a little. I'm sorry, I have I know. to. I know. Even more? It's a trigger. <laughs> yeah. But she understands that you're not going to get it, give any more information. You're, the state you're in and everything. Well, if you do hear anything, please reach out. Looking at Roscoe, be like, if you also need anything, let me know. It's me. And she... Stands up and just like glances at at Henley. Henley doesn't look right. her direction. I hope your voyages are safe. And I, looking at Henley, and I said, takes a deep breath because you can tell that her decision to just leave things be right now is very hard. But you can get the sense of that she understands that it wasn't your fault. Or at least Roscoe would see the conflict in her. It's very apparent right. that she doesn't necessarily want to let her go, but she can also get the sense of like not her fault, you know. Yep. And maybe time will eventually reveal things. So she's like, I will excuse myself again if there's anything that you need. Reach out. Yes, ma'am. And Thank she, you. Excuses herself. Then the shoe had something to say. Nope. Okay. 
As she walks out the door, mm-hmm. she sees Fenrir kind of. She he's like propped up against the, like I just imagine him. He's sitting. He's he has his leg, like propped up on the door. His back's back's on the wall. Legs propped up, kind of listening. And as as she walks out, as she looks to I guess her left, he's just sitting right there on the wall. Okay. And then he goes into, so you're from what part? <laughs> and she just, nods, I'm from Dormista. Dormista. I've heard the name. I know you're, you're really amongst in among the, among the, what else? And he kind of points to his ears. Yeah. <laughs> and she nods. <laughs> I'm Fenrir Rearnef. I'm from Greenleaf. Greenleaf is a lovely place. Have you been there? You can tell she's not in a conversational <laughs> mood. <laughs> but she's like, yes, I have uh, been there several times, but I do need need to go. Okay, and then his his he kind of gets serious then as well. And he's like, if I try to find out anything else, I'll let you know. And he kind of points to like her arrow. her arrow thing. Oh, okay. And she takes a minute and then she like nods and she's like, I'd be very much appreciated it. I'm going to have her roll something. It's a Spider-Man. Okay. And she kind of gets close, kind of whisper. And she's like, watch Henley. There's something she's not telling me. I'm sure you've heard the conversation. Yeah, he shifts his eyes yeah, left, like, shifts his eyes right, and then looks back at her. Right. If there's possible any information you can get from her, please let me know. And he'll just point to the arrow. And she nods and kind of puts her hand on your forearm and gives it a squeeze. And then she walks off. <laughs> and I think that's where we're end it tonight. Thank you listeners for listening and oh boy, what a, didn't see that conversation going that way. I didn't either, but (laughs) I was not prepared for that. (laughs) Congratulations guys. You got more information about Henley (laughs) and her background. Um, Thank you for listening. Big thanks to DA Nichols for doing our music and also shout out to Nerd Alert Treasures for sponsoring us check out their merchandise so much fun D dice bags that have little pockets and you can custom order a customized design on your bag really fun stuff she's an amazing person use tomies for a 15 percent off that's t-o-m-i-e-s for your 15 percent off discount also check out uh da nichols R- uh, rpg Shields of Power at drivethroughrpg.com. Hit us up on our socials at Tomes of the Chaos Bard on Twitter, on Instagram. It's all in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us in, on our Gmail, also in the show notes. Don't, leave to, don't forget to leave a five-star review. And with that, I am DM Dave. And to the right, we have Fenrir, Roscoe, Groth and Lila, Boudreau, and Henley. And until next time, we unroll the scroll to tell the tale. Bye. I didn't sleep. (laughs) Henley didn't sleep very well either. Yeah, you were up on the rooftop. Mm -hmm. Click, click, click. Did she go down through the chimney? (laughs) With with good old St. Nick. Uh (laughs) She found all the reindeer paws. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Can't quit because you're not the one making the jokes. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) I was insulted by that. (laughs) Ours were all in on it. You're just like, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. And kind of puts her hand on your forearm and gives it a squeeze. And then she walks off. (laughs) I was really hoping she would like whisper in his ear you're hot <laughs> <laughs> yes because the council better would be like <laughs> <laughs> it just makes the whole arm thing even better <laughs> Fenrir Rear <laughs> 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 <laughs>
she like 300 years older than him? She's yeah. actually age is just a number, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's just a number. <laughs> she's almost about 600. Okay, so, so she's, she's quite like, a bit older. She's like five times his age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's been around a long time. <laughs> Long time I'm sorry, but when you were like leaning down on she like whispers, I was like, <laughs> it's just like in Harry Potter when like Voldemort is about to throw Harry off the edge and they get like super close. It was just like, oh, are they gonna get? Yeah. <laughs> awkward, like, not everybody close. has those thoughts. That was definitely not the thought that I had when that's it, what was going that's through my happened. mind. They got like so close, and I was like, oh my god, this is not Twilight over here. <laughs> <laughs> just the way it looked. <laughs> it's not that I ship it. <laughs> right. 